It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello and welcome to Accelerate. I couldn't be more amped up to talk to my guest today. Joining me is Max Altschuler. He's author of a great book called Hacking Sales, the playbook for building a high-velocity sales machine. He's also the founder of Sales Hacker Inc., an online publication and events company based in San Francisco. You know, sales have changed, and there's no two ways about it. Selling has changed driven by the power of the Internet. This, in turn, has irrevocably changed how customers buy. And at the forefront of changing sales models are tech companies, sort of like software-as-a-service startups. And we're seeing innovation in that sphere really drive sales innovation. But often in my work, I see soon as these mid-sized and small enterprises that seem to think this new paradigm doesn't really apply to them, the new paradigm for buying and selling. So my guest today, Max Saltschuler, is going to help us sort out how you can create your own high-velocity sales machine. Max, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Andy. So tell us a little bit about you. How did you get your start in sales? Yeah, so always been uh, somewhat enterprising ever since an early age. My dad said uh, I got in trouble in kindergarten for trying to sell my Halloween candy on the school bus. And, uh, and kind of been selling ever since, um, you know, usually something that I've, I've done for myself, uh, you know, ever since again, grade school coming up, uh, out of college, I started my first business out of college. Um, we built a social media company and it was in 2011, uh, 2010, 2011, the, uh, Yelp and Foursquare craze was happening and businesses were trying to understand social media. And so we were helping them. Um, by getting small businesses, you know, real estate agents, uh, you know, bars and restaurants involved, and um, built a, a bit a pretty nice business from the ground up, nice little lifestyle business, um, but really wanted to to do something bigger. And we were teaching ourselves how to program. Came across a company called Udemy, an online education company, mm-hmm. and um, and reached out to them from Nicaragua. We were running this business from you know, Central America. Our goal was to make American money while living abroad and. Um, and, and that was like number one to us, but at some point you get a little too ambitious and you're like, okay, what's bigger here? And, uh, ended up getting the first business development job at a company called Udemy, um, helped them, uh, go through their A round, their B round and, um, build out the supply side of that marketplace. And that's where we started really understanding what sales hacking was. And it's, um, it's basically like a really technical way of building their top of the funnel, um, and then working people through it. So, you know, there are a lot of different ways to kind of hack your sales, whether it's technological um, capital or human capital. So, you know, using virtual assistants in the Philippines, there's a lot of different things you could do psychological. Um, you know, when you're selling at an early stage, you know, you're talking to um, a prospect and you're like, oh, well, you know, let me get this over to my creative team and see what we can do. And your creative team is you you know, basically using Photoshop or something like that, or, you know, somebody in the background that you're outsourcing through in Bangladesh, but, you know, you have to sound bigger than you are really early on. So what ways can you kind of hack it to, to, um, you know, get your business off the ground, generate more revenue using less resources. And that's kind of where we started and it's evolved greatly from there into, um, just the next generation of sales. I mean, no matter what level you are, um, what you're doing at that company, um, whatever your role is in sales, 
there's a lot of technology out right now that can help you do your job more effectively and efficiently and, and make people more productive. Um, so that's, that's kind of how we got here. And that's kind of how I got my start. And I went from Udemy to attorney fee, um, was the VP of business development at attorney fee. We sold to legal zoom and then got this, got this going. Okay. This going being sales hacker, sales hacker, hacking sales, the book. Um, yeah, exactly. So what does high velocity mean then in that equation? Yeah. So again, generating more revenue with less resources. So how are you building, um, one, a really efficient pipeline and two, how are you closing those deals faster than ever before? Um, you know, you want to really calculate, you know, are you getting the most revenue per lead and are you closing deals in, in the fastest possible cycle possible? Um, do you have a really fat, healthy pipeline? You know, there are a lot of things that you would just want to take a pulse on and the high velocity com comes into play in, you know, getting those deals closed, building that pipeline as fast as possible and getting people through it as fast as possible in an efficient manner and making sure again, that they're, you know, really targeted, you know, prospects to begin with. You know, if you focus in on your ideal customer profile early on in the process, you're going to get more higher qualified leads in your pipeline, your pipeline is going to be, you know, fat, full of only qualified prospects, and they're going to close a lot quicker. So again, if you focus on that high velocity part, you're really focusing on a lot of things, you know, even further, you know, in the beginning of the process that make it easier for it to go quicker, you know, as it goes down the line. So it seems like, again, one of the real impressions that I get, and I'm out there talking to companies, both in the tech space as well as the non-tech space, and specifically more in the non-tech space is a business owner or CEO sort of listening to the show, you know, maybe they have 10 sales reps still handling life cycle selling, they haven't done any specialization, they got geographic territories, you know, setting their own appointments, you know, doing all that. Yeah. You know, they're sort of rightly worried the world's going to pass them by. So what's the first recommendation you'd give them, him or her, to help transition to a, you know, high velocity sales model? Yeah, specialize. Specialize and verticalize. So again, you know, you should have it's two two separate things. One, you should have reps that are doing the you know the top of the funnel and building out that pipeline, and then reps that are uh, in charge of making sure that pipeline closes and closes quickly. And then on the third third end, revenue per lead. So making sure you get the most out of them. So in the in the beginning, you're going out and you're filling the pipeline as fat as possible with the most qualified leads that you can. Then you have reps in the middle, your AEs, so your SDRs. Then your AEs who are making sure those deals close and close quickly and are not falling through the cracks. And then you have your customer success at the end who's doing upsell, cross-sell, resell opportunities to make sure you're getting the most revenue um, per lead that comes in per company. Um, the second side of that is verticalized. So you are going out and finding, okay, who is your ideal customer profile? Go and look at your past deals that you've closed and see not only what types of companies you're talking to um, that typically close, but what their what the role is, what that you know that title is um, that usually signs those deals, and who else is involved. Go out and find who your competitors are talking to, and um, who are you know customers of your competitors using companies like HD Data, Datanize, DataFox. Um, there's a lot of different things you can find out about, um, especially in software, what companies are using uh, what pieces of software. Uh, so if you want, if you were a Mailchimp competitor, or like a marketing automation competitor, you'd want to know who's using Marketo. You can actually find that 
um, on the internet. And then, you know, a real basic, easy way to do that is also go to like customer testimonial pages and see what types of companies um, are on those pages and then go after those types of companies. So if you're verticalizing, if your reps, um, you know, at the top of the funnel are looking in certain areas that you know are high yield, they're going to have a, a much, it's going to be much more efficient way to kind of prospect and build that, that fight, that fat pipeline um, because you know exactly who you're going after. So you're almost pre-qualifying pre by figuring out your ideal customer profile. And you can do that, you know, kind of like, you know, Bant and Anum, budget, authority, need, timing. You know, you could almost reverse engineer Bant these days because you have so much information at your fingertips as a salesperson. And the buyer has all this information too, but data is so cheap and so accessible more than ever before for salespeople. So you can actually go out and find companies that have budget, who the authority is, if there's a need, and if the timing's right, all on the internet, publicly. In a lot of cases, if you do your research and you go into, you know, LinkedIn, you go into all, you know, Twitter and you go into, you know, company databases like uh, PitchBook or Mattermark or, you know, Capital IQ or Owler, there's a lot of different databases out there where you can go find this information. So if you can basically pre-qualify these people by almost reverse, you know, instead of doing Bant on the phone, you're doing Bant on the internet, but doing your research, you're going to be able to build a fatter pipeline quicker that's going to convert for you faster. And that's high velocity right there. Okay. So, but again, if you're a, uh, let's say a little bit older line business, maybe like a uniform supply company, mm -hmm. right here, no tech customers. So how, I mean, so they have to, to begin to understand, first of all, okay, you've got one sales force. You need to start thinking about specialization. As you talked about, you're going to need to have Mm -hmm. Some sales reps are focused purely on prospecting, which we typically call sales development reps, yep. who will then focus on a list of names that are your ideal customer profile. Mm -hmm. So what are the tools that you talked about there? Because you know, some were a little more specific for tech business yep. that you might recommend for somebody in that state of saying, okay, how do, I, how do I identify my niche and how do I get some names to my SDRs to start making some calls? Yeah, so you got to go look at your past deals. Um, you know, a company that's been around for a while has the um, advantage of having deals closed in the past. So if they can look at the deals that they've already closed and they're in kind of like a niche business, but you've already um, won some business, then you can say, okay, well, where do we go find the people that are exactly like these companies? And so it's actually at that point pretty easy to say, all right, well, we closed the deal with, um, you know, Caterpillar that makes the, you know, tractors and trailers and whatnot. What other companies are similar to Caterpillar? And then it's really just going out there and doing competitive, you know, analysis and research. And there's, um, you know, a lot of, you know, public company databases that you can search by industry. Um, there's, you know, obviously this is a great job for a virtual assistant. You can hire people in the Philippines off Odesk for $3.50 an hour, and they can go out and build these lists for you. They just need good directions. But still, you have you know, um, a really good advantage because you've already closed deals before, and you know the types of people that are buying from you. If you are starting from scratch, you know, it's a little tougher. If you're, um, you know, again, you know, selling uniforms, um, you're going to have to be intelligent about you know, the first couple customers that you get, and you're going to have to go out and do some, you know, maybe field research. Um, you're going to have to put together that initial list 
based off of, you know, um, how you validated that business in the first place and then go from there and see what those conversations yield. Okay. So another idea that you start with is this idea of building the sales stack. So explain mm -hmm. what a sales stack is to the listeners. Yeah. Sales stack is your, basically your stack of technology that powers your sales process. And so for most people, it starts with a CRM. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that are on LinkedIn or pay for LinkedIn, you know, uh, you know, premium or sales navigator, right. you know, there's, um, then there's the, the kind of the next level, uh, sales technologies that kind of stem from that. So if you're heavily reliant on, um, using email in your sales process, you might want a, um, you know, an email tracking software, uh, like Toutapp or Yesware or outreach, um, sales loft, you might want. Something and just to explain to listeners maybe aren't yeah. familiar with that is so that then tells you when your email that you send is, is open. So if you're a sales rep, you get this great sales intelligence that the yep. person you sent it to has actually opened it, maybe the number of times they opened it, and in some cases mm -hmm. even if they've clicked on the attachments. Yep, and you can see how long people have been in the attachments for it. Or, you know, that's you know, obviously really important to know if you send a proposal over to someone. All right, they sent a really long time on the pricing page, you know, or they spent a really long time on um, – you know, the email tracking part of our company, but they don't really care about the template page or any of these other things. Like maybe we should go in on this value proposition for them. So there's a lot that you can derive from how long people spend on certain areas of the, um, of the presentation that you've sent, uh, you know, allows you to put uh, templates into your emails. So if you created a template before on, you know, a, a classic follow-up for somebody who's gone dark, you can basically straight from your inbox, pull in that template um, tailor it a little bit, you know, make it a little bit personal for the person you're sending it to. But instead of writing a whole new email on something that you send, you know, multiple times a day, you can make it nice and quick by pulling in that template. Again, you get the tracking capabilities. So, you know, if you were heavily relying on email, this is, you know, a huge, um, you know, this is, this is extremely valuable for you. Um, obviously there are other parts of the stack that are focused on the, lead gen side of things. So, um, you know, maybe in your stack, you have a company that helps you pull, uh, contact information from, you know, all the different, um, ideal customers that you're looking into. So if you need, you know, phone number and email, you might want a, a product like zoom info or something like that. That's going to allow you to, um, pull that contact information without having anything else. You can pull information straight from LinkedIn. So if you want somebody's email address and you want to hit them with an in-mail and an email, you can use, you know, SalesLoft or Datanize or any one of these companies, Ringlead, that allows you to pull it straight from LinkedIn or other social sources. So, you know, that's a, an integral part of your stack. Um, you know, again, I mentioned Datanize uh, earlier when we were talking about finding your competitors. So maybe you want to know everyone who's using, you know, Marketo, if you're a marketing automation company, you know, that would be an integral part of your stack. There's um, plenty of stuff around kind of hiring and managing. You know, there's there's kind of like make your sales team uh, like a fantasy football team type apps. I mean, there's so many different buckets now uh, and so many different types of technologies that are being built for salespeople. It's a really exciting time to be in sales um, if you are, yeah, you know. I think the lesson for, again, for entrepreneurs, CEOs, again, people necessarily outside the tech space, because within the tech space tends to be, I think, greater adoption of these types of tools, mm -hmm. is that you have to sort of reset your sales culture. So like we're going to yep. embrace technology. 
as a tool. Because I remember I, I gave a workshop a year ago to a firm that had about 100 sales reps. And they had no technology at all, other than email. Right? The mm -hmm. fact they hadn't even heard of email tracking. Yep. <laughs> and, and I think the VP of IT was a little upset with me by the time we got done because we had a list of tools that they needed to embrace. Mm -hmm. But it really started at the top, right? The culture has to be embraced from the top. That we're going to use technology to help us, as you said, accelerate our entire sales process. There's a, a stat that 40% of the Fortune 500 in the year 2000 is no longer on the Fortune 500 in the year 2015. So 15 years later, what, 220 companies dropped out of the Fortune 500? And it's because they didn't, they didn't adapt. They didn't evolve. And so, you know, there's a lot of companies coming up now that are building, you know, solutions for clunky legacy, you know, systems in this kind of lightweight cloud, you know, SaaS software. And, um, you know, their sales teams are all highly technological. They are embracing the technology that's coming out for them. And, you know, like I said before, data is cheaper and more accessible than it's ever been in the past. And there are a lot of companies out there working to make it actionable for the salesperson. And so, you know, if you don't embrace that, um, you're just really kicking a blatant advantage in the face. And, uh, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense to me, but, uh, you know, we'll see if companies come and survive without doing it. I don't think they will. Okay. Good. We're yeah. going to take a short break. Before we do, let me pose a question to you that I pose to all of my guests. And I'll take your answer when we come back from the break. So here's the scenario. You've been hired as a new sales leader at a firm whose sales have stalled out. And senior management's really anxious for things to change. So what two things would you do in your first week in the job that would have the biggest impact? So think about that. And I'll be back after the break with my guest, Max Altschuler. Attention, sales leaders. Would you like to give your sales team the tools to drive more quality connects, scale their outreach, and spend more time selling? Well, you can with LiveHive. Get your ROI. Try it now at livehive.com forward slash ROI. That's livehive, L-I-V-E-H-I-V-E dot com forward slash ROI. Welcome back. I'm guest today, Max Altschuler, founder of Sales Hacker Inc. So, Max, before the break, pose the hypothetical scenario. I ask all my guests, new sales leader coming into a company with sales have stalled, desperately need to be turned around. What two things would you do your first week on the job that would have the biggest impact? Yeah, I think uh, I think you got to simplify right off the bat. So you got to come in and you actually you have to implement your process. But before you implement your process, you have to simplify everything. So um, you know, maybe cut a little bit of the fat, uh, reorg the, you know, organization that you, that you currently have that you would, you know, you adopted, um, you know, check in on, uh, maybe do some back channeling on, you know, all the reps that are currently there and see if they are, um, you know, right fit for the way that you're trying to rebuild that organization. And I think it starts with the people first and making sure that that team is in order. And so, you know, simplification really comes in on the, um, on the employee side and what everybody's roles are and making sure everybody knows where they fit on the team and making sure you have a great team in place. Um, and then on the technology side and the, you know, the process side, you know, getting, getting in a room with, you know, sales ops and some of my sales leaders and saying, all right, well, you know, what do we need to do to make this thing a, a well-oiled machine and really, really make this thing um, highly efficient and our reps highly effective? 
And at that point, it's, a, it's really taking a survey on, um, you know, how the, the, the team operates, you know, between sales development, account execs, customer success, and then what type of sell it is. So there's obviously a lot of things that, that matter, you know, again, with sales, there's like no silver bullet. So depending on the deal sizes, um, depending on the, the deal cycle length, depending on the, um, there's so many different things. There's so many different variables um, that would change how you built that process. Mm -hmm. But you would basically, you know, one, want to simplify, and then two, put a process in place um, that you think will be successful and, and, and pretty tight. And again, you're going to have to um, pivot quite a bit that process. You're going to have to test and tweak and modify a lot of things. But I think... Um, you put something down there, you build uh, test and then measure the results and then use the best ones. And it's, it'll be, it'll be a lot of AB testing um, certain areas of that, of that pipeline. But um, I think at some point you can, you can write the ship. Um, if you believe in the product and your team believes in the product, there's no reason why you can't figure it out. Okay, good. So one of the things that you hear oftentimes about um, sort of this new sales model, the specialized sales model and so on is that, it maybe doesn't work as well in more complex sales. So, you know, a lot of companies have more complex systems or products they sell. So what's your thought about that? I'd say it's bet it would work more in more complex sales. I mean, there are a lot of those, there are a lot of things in a complex sale that you can make more efficient. Um, it's actually in the, in the less complex sale. I think people are hesitant to, buy into too much technology or anything like that because they were already closing so quickly. So for a company like um, Yelp that sells ad space to SMB, you know, they're not going to layer on a ton of technology because their guys are just sitting in chairs and dialing a million times a day because they're getting small deals from, you know, quick, quick cycles from mom and pop shops. But in the more complex, the bigger the deal, you actually need more technology. You need more visibility into your sales process. You know, you need a company that's going to be able to tell you, all right, I sent this guy a proposal. Has he opened it yet? How long have they looked at it? What are they looking at in the proposal? I want to know that in a complex deal. When I'm selling, you know, $5, you know, ad space to a mom and pop shop on Yelp, I, I don't really need that visibility. When I'm selling, you know, massive deals um, that are, you know, 12 month plus cycles, you know, any cutting down that cycle by anything um, could be, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in revenue as far as opportunity costs go. So, and as far as the deal goes, I mean, um, speed wins, time kills deals. So you want to be able to be as efficient as possible on those complex deals. And the more complex they are, I think the more, the more you want to focus on that, that efficiency and making sure that things are streamlined and nothing falls through the cracks because you lose a deal in that model compared to the up model, and it's a huge hit. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's yeah. the reason I wrote my book, Zero Time Selling, was all about efficiency and sales process. Mm -hmm. But I think yeah. it's something for, again, for companies that aren't as accustomed to the innovation in the sales model that we see, that yeah. a little more old schools that have to think about the fact is you gotta, specialization and technology are really essential to evaluate in terms of how they can benefit your business and shorten your sales cycle. Yeah. I think people come around, um, you know, it's, it always takes time. 
um, with these things. It's still very new, but over the past two, three years, sales has evolved, uh, I think, more than ever before. Um, you know, we're in this era where I think this... Well, I think it's starting is, to, right? See, I don't yeah. I think... I think I think it's a lot of things that I think we sort of, this is part of the reason I'm really addressing the show to people sort of outside the tech space is I think we sort of get fooled by what's happening in the tech space and thinks that it's, and think that it's being replicated outside. And, you know, my experiences as speaker and doing workshops and you know, having people give feedback on the things I write is that, you know, the penetration is still pretty small. So we still have yep. a lot of work to do to get, you know, the broader economy to embrace this type of model. Humans sold in the beginning, dawn of time, was face to face, and then the phone was invented. And imagine if you didn't embrace the phone when the phone was invented, and then email was invented. Imagine if you didn't use that in sales. So now I think we're in another era right here, which is like the enhancement era. It enhances all three of those things. It enhances everything you do in sales. And I think this is another, you know, one of those milestones where it's like, you just got a huge advantage. If you don't use it, the people that are are going to basically eat your lunch. So, you know, if you're still selling door to door, you know, and not taking advantage of the phone or email or even all this stuff to enhance your sales process, you're probably not going to be doing as well as the people who are. So this is another level of that. So what are the new skill sets then that sales leaders need to be able to embrace? Because really change is going to come from the top for the most part. I mean, there's, there's all the models where, you know, the sales reps embrace change and it begins to filter up through the organization, but cultural changes really need to start at the top. So what are the new skill sets, like I said, that sales leaders need to have today? Yeah, I think um, just a, a bigger, a, one, appreciation of technology. And you can hire, um, you know, somebody in the ops department to come in and help uh, build out your tech stack and get your reps kind of... Um, using the technology, I think that as long as the belief is there from the top, that that could be kind of delegated. I think the main thing that, um, you know, these leaders need to, I guess, focus on more is uh, metrics and understanding the numbers and how to tweak those things and pull those levers to get those to go up. And so if they hire someone to delegate technology to, can they understand well enough um, all these, all these new data points and all these new data sources that they can now get from the technology and from their sales teams, can they, can they weed through that, find out what the actionable data is, and then use that to make their teams more efficient, more effective, and overall higher performing? So that's the, that's the kicker right there, is you have all this data, you have technology that's making it actionable. Now you need to understand how to turn that actionable data into action on your sales team. And that's where the leadership comes in. So if you get your sales ops guy and you get your technology stack built out and you start understanding all this deeper analytics on why deals aren't closing or you know how deals are closing quicker with one rep compared to another rep and what that rep is doing, if you get that information and you know how to turn that into action on your sales team, I mean, the sky's the limit. You know, if you can go to, to if you can go look at two reps and you see one is doing you know 200% of quota and the other one's doing 80 and you don't know what the what they're doing differently, and the data allows you to find that out and figure that out, then you can go and say, okay, well, you know, rep number two, partner up with rep number one, and rep number one, I want you to teach this guy X, Y, and Z, or I want him to do this exactly like you do this, and then you can make this 80% guy 
Maybe he won't turn into 200, but maybe he goes to 180 and he still doubles. And so as a leader, you need to be able to take all this new actionable data and be able to turn it into action throughout your team. Yeah, I think one of the things that, too, people need to keep in mind, they're listening to the show, is that even though the talk has mostly been about the technologies that help drive sales forward more quickly, is that the driver in all of this is the customer. Mm-hmm. And customers want to make decisions more quickly. Mm-hmm. Given the, the information that's available to them, available online that they can research, is and the research is bearing this out. There's like an IT space, a study that came out last year saying customers want to make decisions up to 40% faster. But the thing that's holding them back are salespeople. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, for listeners who are in this, is you got to remember is that your customers are investing time in you. So use this technology that's in your stack to help you make better use of the time the customer gives you. Yeah, you're a sales rep and you're like a therapist. You're asking questions and you're trying to help the, the customer find a breakthrough. And they want it. They want it really bad, but you got to lead them to it. And so you got to ask the right questions and you got to know what's going on in their head, even if they're not going to tell you. And so, you know, the technology helps you achieve a lot of that. It does. Well, you have to have a basic sense of mind that, you know, when the customer gives you time, you have to deliver something of value to them. Mm-hmm. If there's no value delivered, they're going to stop giving you the time. Mm-hmm. So take advantage of these technologies in your stack, as Max has talked about, help you be in that position where you deliberately sell value to the prospect to help them make decisions more quickly. Oh, very good. Well, Max, it's been great talking to you. So we've got one last segment of the show. I've got some rapid-fire questions for you. You can give me one-word answers, or you can elaborate as you wish. Are you ready? Yep. So what's, what's your most powerful sales asset, your most powerful personal sales asset? Um, my most powerful personal sales asset mm-hmm. in terms of, what I mean, my brain. That's it. I mean, I, honestly, it's been, um, experience. So when I say my brain, it's, uh, I think there's no, there's no substitution for good experience. Um, and I can take what I learned for many years of doing this and apply it to any situation. And, uh, you know, you need to, um, you, you kind of just need to, to give it time as a sales rep and, and gain that valuable experience and just make sure you're working with the, the best and the brightest so that everything you're learning is the, the best information you could possibly get. And don't stop learning. Never stop. I mean, just think how smart you'll be when twice as much experience. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So name one tool you use for managing your company's sales that you can live without. Yeah, besides for the uh, the laptop and the and the phone, mm-hmm. I'd say and, and email, um, a tool outside of that. Uh, lately, we've been using Slack a lot, um, and that's been great for getting things done um, very quickly, getting answers on things very quickly. Um, that's probably my my number one right now. Um, but any email automation tool. Um, so, you know, uh, sales loft outreach, uh, tout app, yes, where one of those, mm-hmm. um, invaluable, you know, we do a lot on email, uh, people are moving to text a lot more. Uh, so whether it's through, you know, email or other or Slack or other sources, but those have been, um, incredibly helpful. Okay, good. Who's your sales role model? Sales role model, uh, Bill Clinton. Oh, really? Why? 
he is one of the smoothest talkers you'll find out there and one of the best salespeople. I mean, if you look at honestly every president or any politician, uh, they're all salesmen. And so if you go to find the, the best one of them, you know, Bill is uh, just, just watch a lot of his speeches and you'll see he's got it. He's got it down. That guy knows how to, that guy knows how to sell. He knows how to, he knows how to work an audience. And, um, that's an incredible, um, that's an incredible talent. Yeah. I met him at a fundraiser, uh, back wow. in 2008 and yeah, when he's coming down the line, shaking hands. It's like when he gets to you, you're the only person in the world to him. Yeah. That's and you know what? Like what an incredible, what an incredible skill to be able to develop, to have that focus. I, yeah. And I never met him, but like, you can just tell, um, yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. I mean, that's, if I was going to tell someone like we're learning sales from the, from scratch, I'd say, go watch a bunch of Bill Clinton, um, you know, speeches and videos and see how he works a room and how just, just try and, you know, um, use his mannerisms and the things that he does. He does it for a reason. And I always like to find the best people at what they do and what they studied and, you know, just copy that. And he's one of those guys. Okay. So besides your own book, what's the one book every salesperson should read? The uh, predictable revenue, obviously, from Aaron Ross is, is fantastic, especially if you're building an SDR model. I don't know if I have one book. I do multiple books. Sure, but what about what about that's really for a manager more than yeah. anything else. What about a salesperson? For a salesperson, um, it's a great book. Predictable revenue. Man, the greatest, everybody should read it. Yeah. Greatest Salesman in the World by Ogman Dino. Okay. All right. That was one of the first ones. One of the first ones that I read when I started getting really heavy into sales, and I carried it with me in my bag, um, probably for a year or two. And uh, I don't know what happened. I should keep it on me, but that's a fantastic one. There's a there's a there's so many books. I mean, um, on SalesHacker.com, Ralph Ralph Barcy wrote an article, the 23 best sales books for salespeople, and that was like a pretty comprehensive list. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so many. That's a good thing. Okay. Now here's a tough question. So what's your favorite music to listen to to get pumped up? Um, I'm, I'm like a 90s rap guy. So, uh, so in big, L, big, big pun, big L. Okay. I'm, a, I'm an East Coaster, so I'm from New York. So that's, uh, those are my jams. DMX. Uh, yeah. It's funny. Right. Different. East Coaster. All right, good. Yeah. So what's the first sales activity that you do every day? First sales activity that I do every day? I ask every morning uh, when I wake up. I do like, uh, I spend probably like five minutes just talking to the ceiling, asking for uh, what I want to happen that day and then what also what I'm thankful for. But the asking part is the first sales activity because it actually helps me organize what I want to happen that day. Um, and I think like that organization in the morning allows me to um, kind of get in a good mindset, but also, you know, understand what the main goal of the day is. All and right. it's important. Like it. So last question, what's the one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? What technology do I use for X or uh, something along those lines? So most people are usually asking me for technology recommendations, I'd say. Okay. I was going to ask you what X, what the answer would be if X was a specific thing, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's it just depends on what you're trying to do, and um, and and honestly, like again, there's no silver bullet. So if you know you need an uh, email, auto, you know, automation software for sales, depends on your company type, depends on a lot of different variables. My answer would vary, which is why I always name, you know, like basically the four leaders. Um, you know, when I talk about it, because it's, it's, it, you still need to do some evaluation if you're a company that's looking into something like that. Okay. Great. Good answer. So I want to thank you for being my guest today. My guest again, Max Altschuler, founder of Sales Hacker and author of Hacking Sales, the playbook for building a high velocity sales machine. Max, tell folks how they can find out more about you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Max Alts, M-A-X-A-L-T-S, and at saleshackerconf, C-O-N-F. Um, and then we are at saleshacker.com, uh, blogging, webinars. We do the Sales Stack Conference. We have the Saster Annual Conference coming up February 9th to the 11th, and that's for SaaS founders, CEOs, and execs um, that we do in partnership with um, Saster and Jason Lemkin and um, a couple other folks, and so that'll be fun. And then uh, my book is uh, Hacking Sales. It's on Amazon. hope you enjoy it if you can take a look. Um, but it's all about kind of the uh, modern era of uh, building out a, a sales team and a sales process. And um, I had a great time, Andy. Thanks for having me on here. And, uh, you know, definitely find me on LinkedIn, Twitter. Hit me up. I will respond. Okay, great. So thanks, Max. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that. Then you'll make sure you don't miss any of our conversations with top business experts like our guest today, Max Altschuler, who share their expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hi, this is Andy. I have a special offer for loyal listeners of Accelerate. It's a no-obligation, free trial of my zero-time selling interactive online training. Now, I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform the results. And so if you want to learn the same proven strategies to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my zero-time selling interactive training system is a fit for you. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your smartphone and text the word TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96000. Now, do you have your phone ready? Send a text to 96000. That's a nine and a six followed by three zeros. Now, enter the single word message TRUST and hit send, and you hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial on my zero-time selling interactive training. I look forward to seeing you there.